0: I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Being a salon owner can be super scary at times. It's like we feel like there's no one out there to guide you when things are uncertain or even celebrate with you when things go right. Salon owners are often afflicted with this feeling of loneliness, anxiety. We feel alone in business, like there's no one around us who truly understands. That's why I wanted to bring ultra-successful salon owner Kate Henderson onto the podcast today so that we could chat about all things salon owner success. Now in this episode, Kate will share her success tips, why it's important to put yourself out there in order to truly get that feeling of recognition that you deserve. Let's listen in now to hear Kate's advice. Kate, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Super pleased that you are here.
1: I know I can't believe I'm on your podcast. I'm such a huge fan. Thank you so much for having me. I just hope I've got some information that I can inspire
0: others with, but as they've inspired me as well over the last few years. I absolutely know and trust that this will be the case. So let's make sure that everybody knows who you are and why I was so keen to have you on the podcast. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about where you are in the world, um, the name of your salon, and kind of how did you get to be a salon owner? Um, and where you are today yes absolutely
1: we're in the amazing city of brisbane which um i think is the best city in australia sorry everyone else <laughs> but it's pretty cool and we've had um, a very good time of it especially during covid we've um, done really well in this lovely city of ours And we're right in the city, the heart of the city, the CBD, and we just love being in the city. It has such a great vibe and it's a very cool city. And it's definitely in the last 12 years since we've had the salon, it's definitely become even more vibrant, even more cool. And it's a very, very up and coming city in Australia. So that's where we're located. Uh, we have, as I said, been in business for 12 years, 12 amazing years. And we started um, our journey of entrep- entrepreneurship um, with actually no experience at all in the hairdressing industry. I'm sorry to say. Um, it's been a very, very long and continuous learning curve for us. Um, and we've surrounded ourselves with some pretty amazing people along our journey who've helped us to get our business acumen and learn about this amazing, creative, wonderful industry that is hairdressing and customer service and business. So we um, we have a background in customer service. Um, Oscar worked for the Flight Centre and he is managing stores with them. Um, and he just rocks at that role. Um, he is very good in the salon. He is um, just a fantastic... Uh, on reception and he's very good with the team as well and leading them. And then I work kind of behind the scenes. My background was in advertising and marketing for big publishing companies. And I um, had had a break with having kids. So when we bought Elysium, um, it was, um, yeah, it was just basically nothing. There was no appointments in the diary. There was nothing. We bought kind of a little bit of a fit out. We had no idea. Um, there was no clients, no team members, um, and obviously we couldn't do hair, so we had to kind of learn pretty quickly. I say I'm one of those people that kind of jumps out of the plane and builds a parachute on the way down, so that was kind of our life. And um, about five years ago now, we kind of outgrew that initial space that we moved into, and we um, we we um, took over a much bigger space in the city, um, and we've been there for now um just over five years. Um, We have in Australian standards a large salon, probably in the world standards, not actually, you know, a huge, but um for us it's it's big enough. We love it. Um, It's about 212 square meters and we've got 20, 24 stations and eight basins and um, it's a beautiful salon. It's um it's just a a really nice little escape in the city and it's um a great place for for the team to work. It flows really well. and yeah, that's that's where we are today. Um, so that's our bra- background. I, did I cover everything?
0: I think you did. I think you were so brave to take that leap of faith, not being from the industry and just to dive in headfirst um, into not only the hair industry, but to a new industry that you didn't really know anything about. And I just think it's amazing. Um, we've met many a time, uh, mostly around the big Hair Expo event and uh, had a few drinks on the dance floor together over the years um, but what has always struck me or why you keep popping up in my life uh, you know in my in my field of vision I guess is the awards that you've won for your business and I want to talk about that because um, for myself like you it has been a really uh, an important part of my business success to have business awards um, as part of the journey of being successful or and also being recognized uh, as a moving force in the industry. So I'm super keen to know uh, what are some of the awards that you've won and why have they been so important and what, what have they done for business for you? Yeah, I mean, I think
1: I, I started entering awards really kind of early on, actually. I think it was probably our second or third year, just the local business awards. And I probably more did it for the perspective of marketing, kind of getting our name out there, and letting people know we were there. And then through the, the process of entering the, the awards, it really helped me to break the business down into all the elements that um, you need to focus on, basically. So your marketing, your finance, your um, education, your customer service, your you know, all of those sides of things. So it really gave me a chance to pull, pull everything apart and look at those individual elements. And really, I could really see where we could improve and uh, where we had come from as well. So it's a chance to, to pull everything apart. It's a chance to look at all those elements. It's a chance to see how far you've come and where you are, because sometimes when you're in your business, you're just working in the thick of it. You, You don't You don't realise, you know, how far you've come, you know, and, and you and you may have a little step back and think, oh, you know, I'm back here again, what's going on? But actually you've made steps forward and you've actually progressed quite far, you know, and that might just be a little step back, but you've still made a hell of a lot of progress. So and when you have a business as well, maybe I am a little status driven in that way, but I You don't have anyone there, like when you're employed, you have someone saying, Great, you've done a great job, you know, congratulations, you're getting a promotion, you're doing this, you're doing that. You know, I was always quite driven, I suppose, in that way. Um, when you have a business, there's no one saying that to you. So I thought I wanted to get that, I guess, external validation um as well, that we actually were doing a good job and that we had a good business and that we were doing the right things and we were moving in the right direction. Um, so that that, for me personally, um, is um, something that is important to me, yeah.
0: Yeah, I love that. Uh, the two elements of the sort of opportunity to unpack your business and really think about it just in order to put, uh, put the submission together. Super yeah. powerful. Um, and I know for me, um, my first business award that I won, I was nominated to uh, submit. And that, for me, um, I remember that I remember the moment opening the envelope that I'd been um, nominated, and how powerful that moment was. Because I I think, until then, I'd been in business twelve years already. Until then, I still thought I was just a little girl playing at playing at hairdressing business. And then suddenly, this external validation that somebody thought that I was good enough to stand on a global stage and and. not apply is not the right word, but you know, do a submission for this sort of global award. Mm-hmm. That in itself, I would have been happy with, but then to get the validation that all the things that I just kind of thought that I was making up and trying and testing were actually validated, that was it. That for me gave me the business confidence that I needed to step forward and do bigger, greater things. So I'm a huge advocate for all of the pieces that go into um, being a part of competitions and awards. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: I mean, look, it is vulnerable um, putting yourself out there, you know. And you think, oh, like you say, you know, perhaps, you know, if you hadn't been nominated, you 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 may have thought, well, am I, you know, would I, you know, can I? When I? Could I? Should be, I? Yeah, exactly. But you know, I I I don't really care about being vulnerable. I'm happy to put myself out there. I I'm not too. I'm not worried if. A win or lose. I mean, I was, people laugh at me and say, okay, wouldn't you, you'd rather win though, wouldn't you? And I said, well, yes, obviously it's great to win of course, but I, I just find that the learning experience and I kind of, I'm very self-reflective as well. I can always um, find uh, ways to improve and learn and grow. And, you know, you, you, with a lot of the awards as well, now you do get feedback. Um, it's really, really great mm. um, to receive that feedback. Um, and I just, when I don't win one, we, we don't win like anywhere near as many as we enter. Um, so we lose a lot more, you could say, or fail a lot more, but I think, okay, great. There's some people out there I can learn from, I can do better, you know, what else can I do to improve these areas? And quite often I know when I'm doing my submission, the areas that I can improve on, um, you know, and there are always opportunities, always things that you can do better, um, So yeah, I I just love I'm a little bit, you know, of an awards junkie. I do love it, you know. (laughs) Uh I feel like FOMO. There was one year when I didn't enter anything and I just felt a little bit lost. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know. I had a little bit of a roller coaster year and I thought, oh, I don't deserve to enter any awards. And um I thought, no, you know, I think this gives me motivation and, um, it's something, you know, I think it's great for the industry as well. I think it's, um, it's a very nice industry. It's very sharing. And, uh, what I've found is that, um, the people that, you know, are there, you know, in, in the sort of awards and uh, winning the awards or taking part, they're very willing to share their information and share their learnings and, um. I've learned so much
0: through that process as well. Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're gonna get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team, you love your team, but you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more because everybody wins. The team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, one thing that always uh, occurs to me is that you guys like to do things a little bit differently, intentionally or otherwise, but one of the things that you do is that you don't Open on Saturday. Can we talk about this a little bit? Because it feels to me like it's a topic that crops up in my conversation conversations I have often. Should I? Shouldn't I? I don't want to. My team don't want to work on Saturdays. The customers want to come on Saturdays, and there's this big to and fro, and no one can quite decide which way they should go. But this is something that you've had in place for years now, I believe. Do you want to speak a little bit to that? Why you decided to do that? Has it been successful? I assume so because you still do it. Tell us about working.
1: Five days a week, weekdays only. Yeah. Um, well, for five years we did open on weekends. So for the first five years we did. We just thought, well, this is what just what you do. You just open on weekends, and um, we we actually sort of outgrew our space. We were opening six days a week, um, and I guess it was a, it was a way of expanding sort of into the other days and the other hours. If you if you have a space that is is full, then you know, without moving, that's I guess the, the next option that you have is to open on those other days. I think yeah. clients as well do want you to be open whenever they want you to be open. So there is a little bit of conflict there in terms of, you know, uh, I guess educating your clients, you know, to the benefits of having their weekends free, so they're not coming and spending hours in the hair salon. They they can come after work. Um, but yeah, so five years ago we. Um, we looked at our business, and we we realised that we actually had a different clientele on a Saturday. So we we're in, a, I suppose, a little bit of a unique location. I mean, not unique, but we're in the CBD. Predominantly, people working in the city. It's not like a residential area. Um, so it's corporate. Um, it's a corporate clientele. So for us, um, our clientele on a Saturday was quite different. It tended to be more of a transient clientele, maybe just people visiting, going to events. Um, so it was kind of a one, hit, one hit clients, we, we'd say. Um, and then a lot of times as well, it would be um, a little bit less reliable clients. That's before we had mm. deposits and things as well. Um, so we, when we moved space, we moved into a much bigger premises and we realized that we could have the same hours that we had over six days in four days and um, we could fit you know available bookable hours we could employ more people in that in that four day period um, we ran the numbers by by the accountant and, and um, said look could we do this could we actually not open on a saturday like is that something we could do we Thought we better just work out you know financially if we could and they said yeah yeah if you have a couple more hours here and then you do this and do that and um so we just we just went for it we did it um and now all our team and there's so many benefits really uh for us um all our team work the same roster we all start at the same time finish at the same time um and then we all have a you know a whole team sort of stand up meeting in the morning so it's it's just an, an end of day wrap up together um it's just that it's just I mean it's so much easier to manage the roster so that's just one thing and the clients as well our clientele you know they love coming in we open four late nights so we over four days you have got to have with the Australian um, workplace and, and the rostering principles and all the rest of it you have to have quite a specific roster you know they can only do so many hours in a day, so many hours, extra hours over to, you know, it's quite, we had to run everything past the lawyers and, it, and they have the roster and it can't really change from that, you know, so it's mm. fairly um, set. Um, but there's benefits to that, obviously, with everyone working together and helping each other. The roster is always the same. We don't have to worry about that. And the clients love it. You know, um, they love that we open those four late nights. They want to come after work. They want to come at lunchtimes. Um And and they're a little bit more flexible anyway, often um, at the moment, especially with COVID, they're they're more flexible, able to come in the day a little bit more easily as well. Uh, So yeah, I mean, ideally I say I'm paying rent for seven days a week. I should be open for seven days a week. If I could maybe rent it out to somebody at the weekend or do something, I don't know. Um, I have all these entrepreneurial ideas about what we could do to, you know, to use that, utilize that space, you know, during the weekends. And and who's to say one day that we wouldn't offer that flexibility? We have talked about it with our team as well. And For those that don't like maybe doing four late nights, you know, they may consider, you know, doing a weekend. So I think it's it's giving your team choices and options and flexibility um, that work within your business um, model. Um, It's a great thing for recruitment, obviously. I think maybe we might have, you know, I spread a little bit of a trend and started the conversation, you know, with people like going, oh they're doing it. Why can't we do it? Why have we got it work weekends? So I'm very sorry for that because I'm sure it's <laughs> caused a few issues around the place. But um, it is a great, it's a great work-life balance for us personally and for our team. It is fantastic. You know, you get those weekends off and you you get a chance to hang out with your family hang out with your friends you can go out for drinks on a friday get completely you know have a few too many you know and you don't have to worry about going to work you know we have very little yeah. a very little sick time um and um yeah the guys just you know when they actually have three days off a week so they're, they're very they're very they love that because they have got used to as a hairdresser having a weekday so i think they have liked having that day to themselves you know where they can kind of catch up and do a Totally. You know, do bits and pieces. So we have the Saturday, Sunday, and the Monday. Um, so that's great. They have the Saturday and Sunday to hang out with the fam, go meet up with their mates, with the boyfriend, whatever. And then the Monday, they're, they're okay, I'm doing all my bits and pieces, getting my nails done, going, you know, doing, you know, all, all the things, having a bit of shopping, going and doing the chores. I, I think
0: there are so many benefits to it. We ran, uh, when our stylists became executive level stylists, they could do that four-day roster and they loved it, um, because who doesn't want a three-day weekend, do you know? And you can serve the clients, and as your clientele builds, clients will come when you are available, not on their terms. New clients will come, tend to come on their terms, um, and so the dynamic changes, and I think in my old age, uh, I have realized a lesson is we shouldn't do things just because we can, like in terms of, you know, yeah, I'm paying rent seven days a week, but that doesn't mean that I should use, should just because I could, you yeah. know, it's yes. like, actually, well, I, I I want to choose lifestyle because that's how I want to live, not yeah. just because I should, I want to get out of should, I don't want to live in should, I want to live in because I can and because I want. Absolutely. Um, and that's that's kind of, I think, living life on your own terms, right? So you're living life yeah. on your own terms and you're giving that opportunity to other people. And if it sits there, you probably would be no less more, no less productive or no more productive by opening seven days. You'd just be Absolutely. spread thin and answering calls on the weekend. Absolutely. <laughs> is yeah. not ideal. I mean, <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, you know how hard, you know, your business owners work in their businesses and on their businesses, you know, and, you know, you need to have, I mean, balance, I feel is a little bit, I don't really like saying balance, because I think I'm definitely love what I do. I love my business. Mm. And I, I work a lot and do a lot, you know, I'm happy in my happy place on my computer researching stuff, you know, all hours of the day. But I think having that time away, you know, like as well, you know, for most of your salon owners who are working in the chair as well, you know, if you can work, if you can open four days and you've got three days, you know, you've got three whole days, you know, to, well, you're not worrying about yourself and like you
0: say, you're not answering calls, you're not, you know. To have, to have your other life, like we yeah. shouldn't just have one life. We need to have two Absolutely. lives. We need to have life with other humans in our life and we need to have our business life. Doesn't mean we don't love our business. We just yeah. need to be smarter to run our business. Yeah. Yeah. Now, speaking of speaking of uh, working smart and some of the lessons you've learned, what are some of the things that, uh, that you think have brought you to the success that you have Um, I know one of the things you mentioned is about you know keeping your eye on the consumer and the team member talk to me a little bit about that
1: yeah absolutely Um, so you know really putting yourself in their shoes I think one of the unique benefits of us is that we didn't have that hairdressing background Mm. Um, so we really could see things from the client's perspective and we weren't afraid to try new things or do things differently um, and sometimes I I can be a little annoying I think sometimes you know someone will say well we've never done that before Kate," and I'm I'm like great <laughs> okay that's that's fine I don't I don't worry about that that's not like a negative but you know also I suppose you know bringing the team with you you know helping them to see it from the client's perspective as well um, You can get very internally focused, which is very important as well. You know, your your team is your client as a business owner. Um, In fact, they are your most important client. Um, So you have to balance the two, you know, so offering that unique customer experience that really um, gives that customer a wow, whilst also, you know, enabling your, your team to provide that and feel really great about providing that um experience and those those little points of difference in that service um element so yeah i think um seeing things really yeah from that client perspective and constantly training and educating and thinking about that um, and thinking hang on a minute you know when we do implement something new what impacts is going to have you know when we pick up on little vibes that the clients are saying or uh, you know email feedback responses anything at all you know we always look at that and think how could we do things a little bit differently to, you know, to to avoid that issue or to, you know, to improve um, the service that we're offering to people um, on that basis, whilst all also um, enabling our team to have an amazing visit with that client, you know, and give them the best results possible as well. So yeah, I think that that's really the you know, a couple of very key things um, is um, yeah. really working on those two sides and realising that they are um, very much linked, you know, intrinsically linked and um, and getting finding a way to get joy from that as well, joy from delivering that great service um, <clears throat> and not getting worn down because in customer service, you you are dealing with customers all the time. And I think in any job you can, you know, you can focus on sort of the negatives or, you know, the, you think, oh, goodness, you know.
0: Well, you're giving all the time, aren't you? You yes. give and you give and you give and it's actually exhausting. Yeah, so
1: understanding different behavioral
0: styles, you
1: know, different, um, giving different ways and, you know, working on skills so that you you can confidently deal with anybody, you know, and, you, and you're not thinking, oh, this person's a bit weird. You, you're realizing, okay, this person is it likes to be communicated in this way. You know, they're different from me, which is why I'm feeling like you know we're not quite aligned. And also trying to match the hairdressers with their their person. <laughs> you know, not just technically or who's got a spot in the diary. It's okay. This is their person. I know that they're not going to go well with you know such and such, but you know such and such would just love them. You know, and they'll just be great together, even though technically perhaps the other hairdresser would be technically better, you know, for them, but I know that it's not all about technical, you know, it's in fact probably 49% technical and 51%, you know, the other yeah, side. Of I wouldn't so. I would
0: I would agree with that. I think my big takeaway from what you said there is that what what you've had naturally by not being from the industry is this ability to look at your business from outside of the goldfish bowl. And I think when we come from inside the industry and we open our business from the inside out, so to speak, it's hard to remember to hop out every now and then and look back at our business objectively and not from the inside. And I think that's a really important piece, looking at the customer experience or even looking at the experience of the team member, that this is an experience that they're having at your business for this period of time in their life. Um, and, and what are we doing about that experience and making sure that it's positive. So um, yeah, would that oh, yeah. be a fair comment? Definitely, yes, 100%, I love that, yeah. All right, um, as a business owner, what is something that uh, you hold dear to your heart, a mantra or a quote or something that you think signifies the way that you guys think about business? There are so many and I
1: I just I love Henry Ford. I think he's just like an absolute god when it comes to mantras and quotes. So he, he started the Ford Motor Company and he basically um, he, he bought um, like motorized cars to the mass market and he's really inspiring and he's quoted in so many um, books and so many business books and You know, there's so many quotes actually that he says, which I just resonate with. So maybe we're of a similar behavioural style or personality, I'm not sure. But um, I think the one that I I like the most is um, the only real mistake is the one from which we learn nothing. Mm. So for me, you know, it's fine to make mistakes. You know, it's absolutely natural, normal, completely right to make mistakes you need to make mistakes you know otherwise you know and and don't be scared of it but you you learn from them and you make changes and adjustments and um and that's really where the magic comes from i think as well yeah
0: i love that um i know for me uh for a long time in my business i wanted everything to be perfect and get it right and that's a lot of pressure um and when i embrace and not that I ever was upset at mistakes but when I embraced the fact that or changed the perspective we're going to make mistakes as we try something new let's just try it see what happens take the pressure off it's going to be this way because then you don't make mistakes it's like let's just try this see what happens and if we like it we'll do it if we don't like it we'll tweak it or change it or do something else and that to me was really freeing in business to not have to decide it was going to be one way or the other because then there's a right and a wrong Let's just, yeah, just I think give you, it a try.
1: Yeah. I think I heard something you said something in a recent podcast actually, you know, along those lines as well, and just said, you know, look, we might not know the end destination, you know, we might not know, but you just need to make a start, you know. And I find that I guess when when we're leading the team and you know, our managers and things like that. Um it's it's like but well, I don't know where do I go and I'm just like let's just let's just start the journey and then things will fall into place and then also things will change you know things always right. change you know and what what you know of course we're gonna get better of course we're gonna do things differently and of course what we've done in the past you know isn't always the best thing because we are doing something new now because we've learned more we've made mistakes and we've you know made adjustments and changes so yeah and not getting hung up on the past either you know and, and yeah. just moving forward in a positive way. Uh, I, I'm a very strong sort of visionary, I guess. And, and I, I can see, always see the future, see um, where we're going. Um, and uh, I don't really think about the past too much, you know, about what has been apart from the learnings from it, you know, and, and yeah. yeah, making adjustments to the future.
0: So what about uh, a podcast, or I know you're a bit, big podcaster, uh, a podcast or a book or something that you've engaged with recently that you think salon owners need to get or listen to
1: yes um i am really loving brene brown um dare to leave so she she's very inspirational so really i think the focus for us has been um recently been sort of leadership and getting deeper into that um her she has a podcast as well um and she also has great resources online um she looks at the values your values which I found super interesting um because we do do a lot on behavioral styles and working out people's natural um ways that they like to be communicated with or they communicate with or their learning styles but also how values fits into that so I found that super interesting because your values can be formed you know based on your upbringing or things that have happened in your life mm. um but they if someone does something that is against a value of yours, you you can react very strongly. And if you're managing somebody, knowing what their values are and being able to be um, be kind around those, and and to you know make sure that you are mindful of those values and not asking them to do things that are in a way that are really out of alignment with those values so I think you know it's just that extra step of knowledge the behavioral the values the learning styles all of those things that make um someone communicate in the way that they do or understanding people better you know Brene Brown's very good she gets quite deep as well in understanding your how to be vulnerable how to um really form deep connections and, and manage people in a very inspirational way so yeah she's great i would highly recommend her um i think she's super super interesting yeah all
0: right i'm going to put uh we'll find the link to that dare to lead and uh put that on the show notes of this podcast
1: also salon owners collective of course
0: <laughs>
1: the, yeah I've i'll put so the link much. to that too oh yeah <laughs> And uh, I just love, I've got, you know, I've been in touch. I've got sort of contacts through that as well. And, you know, working with people on our brand at the moment that I found through your podcast. And, you know, just, I just love, you know, listening to um the ones you do yourself as well. You know, there's some great tips and information there. So, yeah, I thank you very much for, yeah, doing that, putting yourself out there with that every week.
0: You are very welcome. And will you listen to your own, Kate? <laughs> yes. <laughs> i don't know i'll probably be cringing but it's all good (laughs) (laughs) you've been amazing i appreciate everything you've had to say you've got so many insights uh so thank you thank you very much thank you and i can't wait Uh, i can't wait to come back to brisbane i spent a lot of my uh 20s in brisbane actually and if i ever was going to move to australia it would be brisbane hands down Uh, i love and adore that uh whole city i love that it's close to the coast um yeah it's such a great place so i can't wait to get back excellent well we'll definitely go for drinks absolutely (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks so much kate oh thank you i know people are going to want to stalk you and find you uh and check out the salon do you want to give us your dub dub
1: yeah i am i have my own instagram kate henderson on instagram and then i have uh the salons um in email or sorry uh, website so elysiumhairbrisbane.com.au and on Instagram elysiumhairbrisbane
0: Amazing all right thanks so much. Thank you very much. Bye Larissa. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much Kate. I really appreciate you joining me on this episode and I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I do. Now I'd love to know what your biggest takeaway is from this chat of Kate. What resonated? Remember you can find me in the profitable, successful salon owners Facebook group. I would love to hear, love to help you, love to support with the other salon owners that are in there. Come and join me, and I will leave the links to all of the things in the show notes of this podcast. See you same time, same place next week. Ciao for now.